P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And I'm Shelby, and I'm here with Matt. Yes, I am here. We are back. Uh, There was a lot of crazy stuff that happened this week that I feel like was below the radar, and I'm excited to (laughs) talk to you about it. You always choose the below the radar stuff, though. So what is it? Is it Big Brother Canada or Survivor? Okay, okay. Calm down. These are just more fun, interesting stories, (laughs) not necessarily about Big Brother. You bring up Bachelor stuff all the time, and that is 100% below the radar. (laughs) Okay, sure, maybe. But um, do we have anything before we get into the um, Tell Me Something I Don't Know? Uh, Yes, we do. We have a review from I Like Vegan Butts, and I Cannot Lie. (laughs) (laughs) and this person says quality content shelby and matt are my favorite i don't really do podcasts but i love to pick this one up at random times and catch up i feel not guilty for all the guilt inducing fluff i read about because they make it seem like smart and stuff also shelby i want to know your crash course game of throne recommendations it's too late to start and i'm too lazy to sit on a couch for that long but i've always wanted to watch so oh shelby how do you feel knowing they want my crash course in game of thrones well, I feel like they want your crash course because you like only watched seven <laughs> episodes of the whole series and then did a podcast on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here's my crash course. Okay, you ready? Okay. First of all, skip everything, go straight to the Red Wedding because you won't care about anyone and that way it's less upsetting and you'll know the hype enough that you can roll your eyes when someone's like, oh, the Red Wedding totally destroyed me. Then... I don't know if this is in consecutive order, but the Battle of the Bastards was actually really good. (laughs) I only watched the battle scenes, so I can't really speak to what happens before or after, except (laughs) at the end, they do kill this guy who I think raped um, Sansa a few times, or at least was pretty brutal to her. And they destroy him in a way that really scarred me for life. So that was the one time that Game of Thrones managed to break me. And it's because it involves dogs. Spoiler alert. Um, another good episode, I guess. Well, I really started on season seven and season seven is so boring. Don't even bother. I guess there's like one scene where they're fighting the White Walkers and it's cool, but it's like the stupidest thing they could have done. And then, and then, and then they waste a whole dragon on it. So never mind. still worth skipping. And then I guess really just fast forward to season eight episode like five where they're battling it out at the um at the king's landing that was a good episode even though it took a really sexist turn imho but once you watch that you can watch the finale episode and just enjoy our podcast about how dumb the whole thing turned out to be so wow well that was (laughs) great okay so basically watch a one episode in season three (laughs) only the battle scenes in one episode from season five (laughs) skip seven uh, watch (laughs) two episodes of season eight okay and you've got it great you've got and that's your crash course yeah exactly Mm -hmm. you can you'll know just enough that you can trick people into thinking you've seen the show so right trust me and you definitely won't be confused at all (laughs) 
You won't. I mean, look, you have a family, the Starks, you know, there's a couple girls. They're called Sansa and Arya. They're doing cool stuff. All brand muffin head is doing nothing. Don't worry about him. He literally adds nothing to the plot. And then you have the moaning, like depressed uh, Jon Snow. And he's like the star in one of those episodes. The other guy is Rob Stark. You only have to worry about him for that one episode, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> And then everyone else is just uh, insular, you know. It's just they they don't really matter. Wow. That's <laughs> thrilling. You you just made me want to go back and do a rewatch of the whole four episode show. Um yeah. If you would like to leave us a review and ask <laughs> us other questions like that, get Shelby's hot takes on more shows, you can do that uh, by following us, subscribing, yeah. leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. We will read it on the air. Yeah. And as a reminder, Matt hates The Office. So maybe a valuable follow-up if there's another vegan butt out there is to ask what his recommended episodes of that show are because you'll probably be just as furious. So... Oh, yeah. Let me think. I've seen several episodes that I watched and didn't like, so yeah, I could talk about those. <laughs> let's save that for another another day. Uh, but you could also follow us on social media. We're at PSU Wrong on Instagram, on Twitter. We have an email, which is PSURong at gmail.com, where you can send us a longer email and we'll respond with typed up, you know, uh, lists of things for you to watch. So, yeah. And, and we have a blog, which has been woefully neglected. I have a post ready to go about oh. the ranking of Queer Eye episodes, but they just announced season four. So I'm sort of like, I guess I just need to wait. So, so timely, so timely. <laughs> just right there, Shelby, with it. It's like almost perfect. But, um, yeah, so that'll be hopefully updated and uh, and posted across all our social media accounts. But it's a good time. Sometime mid-2020. So stay tuned <laughs> yeah. for that. Uh, okay, I have stories that I want to talk about. Can I go first? Yes, of course. Okay. Oh, where should I start? These are there's so <laughs> many fun ones. Okay. Um, okay. To begin with... Did you see the petition that's been going around related to the TV show Good Omens? <laughs> oh, I did see a little headline about this, but please do do tell. So Good Omens is this show that's coming out that's based on a Neil Gaiman novel. And basically, it's like the plot line from what I have gathered is that it's a demon and an angel who team up to try to stop the Antichrist. And it's like a fun, funny, like tongue-in-cheek, supernatural, like caper story. And Amazon is currently uh, releasing this on Prime. There's been a group of Christian people called the Return to Order, and they have amassed 20,000 signatures to try to get this taken down because... Well, there's multiple reasons. One, because they say an angel and a demon would never like team up and be friends. Right. And then also, God is being voiced by a woman in this show. So because oh. of those things, they have managed to get 20,000 people to sign this petition. However, the petition is for Netflix to take down this <laughs> show. And Netflix doesn't even have this show. It's on Amazon. 
And mm-hmm. so what I thought was really funny is that Netflix then tweeted this petition and said, okay, guys, we promise not to make any more episodes. <laughs> and then Amazon said, hey, Netflix, we'll cancel Stranger Things if you cancel Good Omens. So really <laughs> just a lot of like stupidity going around on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Oh, did the uh, Did the group respond or did they wise up to the well apparently they they have since taken down the petition so i don't know if they're they got embarrassed regrouping and getting ready for another attack or what the move (laughs) is but it is embarrassing to have uh get a petition that twenty thousand people signed that has the wrong network (laughs) addressed in it yeah that is pretty sad well but they got a response so props to them i have some Netflix news too, which is that Netflix doesn't really release their numbers ever. It's like a secret algorithm or all that tracking is not public. But every now and then when they have something to brag about, they'll tweet about it. And the latest (laughs) is they announced on their Twitter that the new Adam Sandler movie Murder Mystery was viewed by 30,869,863 accounts in its first three days, which makes it the biggest opening weekend ever for a Netflix film. And if they if those were ticket ticket takers, you know, if that was a real theater experience, Uh it would have been a bigger, bigger opening than Avengers Endgame. So they just decided to tweet out this movie. I don't know if you know about this movie. I mean, Adam Sandler, so you know enough. But it's Adam Sandler yeah. and, oh man. Jennifer Aniston. Like Jennifer Aniston. I don't know why they're friends, but they are. And in this movie, they play they play husband and wife. And it's a really badly done, really <laughs> off-kilter, dumb, boring uh, murder mystery, I guess. And it was just like such a mediocre film that I can see why it garnered enough hate watches and also just board watches and also, oh, I like Jennifer Aniston watches. But what's crazy to me and the rest of the internet is that there's no way to verify these numbers. And we're kind of just taking Netflix's word on good faith. And it's like they're using these numbers to convince people and the public that their movies matter and that they're good. But all it's really proving is that there are a lot of people sitting on their couches, scrolling through Netflix and clicking play on whatever pops up, you know. So I don't know if it like translates to proof that, you know, movies belong on Netflix and Netflix can have some skin in the game as far as making good films go. Well, what I want to know is what exactly is the metric for one of those like counts? I mean, (laughs) did they have to watch the whole thing? Did they have to watch five minutes? Like, did they just have to (laughs) click on it? Because I find it very hard to believe that that many people watched all of that movie. Oh, yeah. But I know a lot of people who watch things on Netflix and you'll say like, oh, did you see Wine Country? Did you see this? And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I watched, you know, the first little bit and then it wasn't good and I didn't finish it. (laughs) And if you see Jennifer Aniston and you're somebody who's already on Netflix to watch Friends or you see Adam Sandler and you're an Adam Sandler fan and it's on the homepage, I feel like a lot of people might click on it and watch a little bit and then not watch the whole thing. Oh, yeah, this is boring and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so that's the other thing is it's like, I mean, yeah, did everyone finish that? And were they watching that in the background while they made dinner? You know, it's like, do people care about it? Not really. I don't know. It's not like it was trending or something. Well, also, 
Netflix, like if you leave it on, just plays random stuff. So who's to say that some of those counts aren't just like, oh, uh, someone was watching an episode of The Crown and that was the next thing in the queue. Right. But it did beat out Bird Box for their most viewed, like their most viewed movie, I guess. So are we getting closer to a better movie? I don't know. Because Bird Box does feel like it was a cultural reference. Right. There was a moment where Bird Box was a thing that people were talking about. Mm-hmm. Has that happened with Murder Mystery? I don't believe so. <laughs> but I think it's also a different target audience. You know, Murder Mystery is for like those baby boomers who are sitting at home, you know, they're not aware of the rest of the world and they just play the latest Jennifer Aniston flick. Whereas Bird Box was probably a more younger audience who is tweeting and like actively, you know, doing the Bird Box challenge and whatnot. That is true. That is true. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of a younger audience, have you been following our girl, Tana, who is up to more shenanigans this week? No. So she's the one who, for those of you who don't remember, hosted TanaCon last (laughs) year, which was this big convention that she was supposedly putting on with lots of panels and discussions and whatever. And then nobody showed up and all, well, not nobody, none of the people (laughs) who were running it showed up. And all of these like random children were just left at this hotel in the middle of California. (laughs) And it was this whole big debacle. Well, Since then, she's gone on to do a number of other problematic things, (laughs) uh, including like saying the N-word and, you know, lots of stuff. But she recently has become, has gone into a relationship with other problematic YouTuber, Jake Paul. I don't know if you are familiar with him. He is one of the infamous Paul brothers who, uh, you know, did like videos in the suicide forest and other things like that. But the interesting thing is that people on the internet are positive that this relationship is fake, that they are doing it like (laughs) as a YouTube stunt. And earlier today, they became engaged. Apparently, it's almost her 21st birthday. And he bought her this huge car and then they became engaged. But people are like, we don't think this is real. Despite the fact that this has been going on for months, this like hoax of a maybe relationship maybe not it's very strange i spent too much time yeah last night going like down a wormhole (laughs) of trying to discover for myself if this is real or not well she just got out of a relationship with bella thorne so it's like yes when did they have time to like strike up this relationship and get engaged it's very odd Well, they haven't been dating for very long. That's the thing. (laughs) And I guess when people, when they started dating, people thought, oh, this is a fake relationship. And Uh then I don't know if they're like just playing, like it was and it was going to be for a joke and they're just seeing how long they can play it or if it's not. But she's like in all of his social media stuff now. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah. They're like video channels are, you know, like doing crossover videos. (laughs) They're clearly spending a lot of time together, whether or not they're dating. Yeah, that is wild. Well, I wish them the happiest, you know. How long do you think they'll last? Well, I don't even know if it's real. (laughs) So if it's real, I give them like two years. If it's fake, then who knows? (laughs) 
Um, I have a pretty underground story that no one will care about, but I found very fascinating. Oh, fun. Okay. Yeah. So your favorite kind. You'll really appreciate this. But basically, these influencers broke some news stories because it turned out they are... So this is the problem I have. Influencers is such a nebulous term. It's like, what does that mean? So they have like 44,000 followers, but they're not making enough to like be paid to do their extravagant trips but they're doing all these like you know they're doing the classic influencer lifestyle jetting across the world taking fabulous taking weird photos in fabulous places um and then they just started a gofundme campaign where they're asking for people to to fund a biking trip from germany to africa just the whole continent of africa not a specific country and also there's it's a really unlikely trip to take but they're asking for $11,000, which, you know, is a pretty cheap trip to Africa, if you think about it. But they don't even have bikes yet. So they're asking for literally everything. And they say it's because it's going to be a celebration of life. Um, and they're going to show the beauty of the planet and its inhabitants, but also the ugliness. <laughs> and they're like, we want less talking, more action. Together, we can make a difference because somehow this trip is like raising awareness. I don't know. But the funniest thing to come out of this is on the GoFundMe campaign. In one of his like update comments, he was like, hey, guys, we really need your help because right now my mom is working two jobs to pay for our vacations and it's just not enough to cover <laughs> this trip. <laughs> so, so these poor influencers, their poor mother is just like working her butt off so her kids, her child and his girlfriend can go jet set across the world. Is this real, though? Yes. Or is this like a hoax? No, it's real. They've been at it for a while and they deleted they deleted the GoFundMe comment after people started making fun of them. And then they came back online to be like, some will tell us to get jobs like everyone else and to stop begging. But when you have the impact we do on others' lives, getting a job is not an option. <laughs> wow. His 44,000 followers, their lives have been changed. What exactly is the bike route from Germany to Africa? (laughs) Are they going through like Spain and then like getting on a (sighs) boat and going to Morocco? Or are they going through the Middle East? I don't know, man. You know, that's like, it's the journey, you know? It's all about the, it's a celebration of life. They ride freely across mountains by the sea and through metropolitan. So it's like... It's like wherever the wind takes them, you know? So they don't have a route. They're just like planning on <laughs> like piddling around. <laughs> yeah, See, guess. this feels like something to me <laughs> that like we would come up with and put it online <laughs> just to be funny and see like if you could get money from it. Well, I mean, they've been they've been established influencers, quote, quote, for a well, while. Well, so are we. <laughs> Well, we, we have do a not podcast. Have 44,000 dollars. Well, so speak for yourself. maybe <laughs> it would be a long con. And I mean, they're the type who's been doing like long, lengthy, vaguely inspirational Instagram captions in all their photos. So it's it seems on brand for them to think this is the logical next step is is crowdsourcing money to continue to inspire the masses, but gotcha. It's just delusion. Very interesting. <laughs> Um, Okay, I have one more story that is even more strange (laughs) and far off the beaten path than these. So 
to walk you through this, I'm currently watching Big Little Lies, which you are also mm-hmm. watching. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a new character on the show who is Shailene Woodley's like love interest. Shailene Woodley in this season works at an aquarium, and this man also works at the aquarium <laughs> with her. It's like okay. a blossoming romance. The actor who plays that character's name is Douglas Smith. And despite the fact that it was a fairly it's a fairly small part on the show, and I think like uh-huh. fairly easy to play, you would agree at least up to this point he went through the trouble of like going to an aquarium to train (laughs) to see what it would be like to be someone who works in an aquarium so that he could play this on the show wow what dedication which in and of (laughs) of itself is weird and i so i was reading this article on vulture because i thought this is strange and Uh then tucked away Inside this article is literally the most bizarre, creepy, terrifying animal fact that I have ever heard. (laughs) And I felt like I needed to share it on this podcast. Okay. So this is about otters, like the cute little furry creatures. When otters are trying to reproduce, apparently the male otter and the female otter like have to connect with each other in the water. And they do this by like the male otter like clamps onto the female otter's jaw. But sometimes the mating creates so much like movement that the man literally like rips the female's jaw Ew. off her face and she dies drowning no. in the water. Uh, that's not real. Yes. No. Yes. How Why? terrifying is that? Why was that in the article? Because he brought it up as something he learned while he was studying at the aquarium. I don't trust him. He went for like a day. (laughs) That's what I thought. But then Vulture linked to like a scientific article about this because it was so weird. (laughs) Oh, man. That is so depressing. Thank you. Yeah. So you think they're cute little animals, but really they're just ripping each other's faces (laughs) off. Men, am I right? Hashtag yes, all men across species. (laughs) There's some species where the women eat the men after they mate with them. So, like, calm down. They deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, that is a great factoid I'll take into viewing this week's episode of Big Little Lies. I'll just, I'll just think of that every time I see that guy. Yeah, you'll know that informs his choices. (laughs) Yeah, I'll be like, wow, he really is doing i believe him when he says his animal Mm -hmm. facts uh should we get into love it or hate it i'd love to uh what do you have for us okay so my love it or hate it is going to a show that deserves a little attention and i'm 99 percent sure i've never mentioned it before but if i have that just shows the obsessive nature i i tend to have but um the Bold Type, which is <laughs> preform, I think. It is about a magazine in New York City. So very posh, very cool. And it's uh, about these three young millennials working in different facets in this in this fashion magazine. And it's just delightful. And it was sort of a sleeper hit for me. It just wrapped up its third season. They just got renewed, though. So good news. Um, but I've been enjoying it. And... It's really short seasons. It's like 10 episodes each season. And it's really earnest and like sweet, but it's not like 
I don't know. It feels sort of sincere in a in a optimistic kind of way. So it's not necessarily realistic, but the girls, the main women are really likable, really interesting. There's a lot of diversity. Um, one of the girls is black. One of them is lesbian. And uh, they're all like different levels of life. They have interesting conversations. It's like cool, you know, is what I'm saying. It's it's worth the watch. I thought it would be trashier and like dumber than it turned out to be. So I've been pleasantly surprised and I am now a uh, a big fan. And I feel like you have talked about this at some point on the podcast, but exciting either way you know <laughs> good to good to refresh the audience maybe they skipped that yeah. episode and they didn't it realize just, it it just makes me miss new york but i found out today that it's filmed in montreal so it's all a lie <laughs> oh my gosh so really why watch it it's yeah. it's they're actively trying to I know. con you yeah but they have great like um stock footage of new york so it still feels pretty legit okay, and it has gotcha. um, <laughs> It has a a character from The Office on it, and I just realized you won't care. So never mind. But nope. it's a fun time, and I'm a Sutton believer for life. So well, good something for you. to revisit. What do you have? Uh, I am bringing back Matthew's um, archaic indie movies segment <laughs> of the podcast. This week, I saw the movie The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which is an indie movie that has been playing the festival circuit and just came out in New York. I'm not sure if it's anywhere else yet, but I'm sure it will be like on Netflix before too long. (laughs) It is the most, it is such a beautiful movie. It's about gentrification and sort of what it's like to be someone who lived in San Francisco, grew up there as a black man. And then kind of once the tech you know, scene happened in the city became so much more expensive and all of these people got pushed out and sort of like what it, what it is like to be from San Francisco when you can't necessarily like live there anymore. And that struggle Mm. and the way that that is depicted is through this man's relationship with the house that he grew up in and his family lost it, but he still has this like deep rooted affection for this like gorgeous old house that his grandfather built. And so he spends all of his free time trying to like take care of this house that once belonged to his family, even though other people live there. So he like Mm. sneaks into the house and and tries to fix things. And then at a certain point, the people in the house move out and it's sort of like left vacant for a little while. And he is able to move in and sort of like live in this house for a time period. Uh, And the shots are just beautiful. The score is, is like mesmerizing. It's just such a, um, like a thought-provoking movie and also really fascinating to look at. There's so many cool shots and the way that they are filming this like big, beautiful, awe-inspiring house is just like mesmerizing to watch. So I would definitely recommend if it, you know, comes to Netflix or you're on a plane or whatever when this eventually gets out because it's it's a very good watch, I think. I know. I want to see it. We keep waiting for it to get out here, but... <laughs> Houston. I feel like it'll come there sooner or later. I saw it in an AMC here, which means that <laughs> it's at least somewhat on the on the direction of headed toward mainstream. Right. Well, good. I'm glad it was as good as everyone's saying, at least according to you. So And that's and the score is so good. Like look that up on Spotify. Mm. Thanks for the recommendation, Matt. 
Yeah, you know, now we have a a great TV show that people could watch for the second time if they watched it the first time you recommended it, and then also this movie. I really, I tried to check if I had recommended it before, but I don't know. To be honest, I need to go see more movies, but I just haven't, so I'm really scraping at the bottom of the barrel here, but... I feel you. Sometimes I have that, too. (laughs) But a movie that you did see this week is Toy Story 4, and we're going to talk about it on Thursday. Get hyped for that. In the meantime, follow us on social media. We'll be back Thursday to talk about Woody and Buzz and creepy mannequins chasing them around the city. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.